0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this another edition of Goliath Property Matters. Now, before I get into the headlines for this week's news, we've got some fantastic news for you if you are interested in the deal packaging strategy on your property investing journey. Now, you may be right at the start, or you may already be established and looking at the deal packaging strategy as something to um, diversify with. Well, good news for you. We have got a free, training coming up on Tuesday the 29th of September at 8pm. Now we're going to be going into a lot more detail about the deal packaging strategy itself. We're also going to be talking about how to set up your deal packaging business, how to act compliantly, lead generation techniques, packaging deals for investors, finding investors and everything in between. So if that sounds like it's going to be something of interest to you, then make sure that you sign up using the link somewhere around this video and we will very much look forward to seeing you at uh, on Tuesday the 29th of September at 8pm. So this week's big news story is about the eviction ban being lifted and evictions starting to be heard, possession hearings starting to be heard in court. Now, surprise, surprise, we have Shelter, we have Acorn, we have other um, tenant saving... Associations, I suppose, who are now crying out that this should never have happened, the eviction ban should continue and we should be protecting the tenants. Now, unfortunately, what they rarely seem to comprehend is the fact that there are a substantial number of possession hearings that were in the system before lockdown, before COVID that have been delayed for a further six plus months with landlords not getting their rents, they're in masses of arrears, the tenants are in masses of arrears and of course that leads to problems with landlords. There are tenants in with antisocial behaviour, all the reasons why they would have wanted to evict them before in the first place and just simply haven't been able to since then. Now, if you remember, we have reported it previously about there being some sorts of uh, restrictions in terms of trying to prioritise those um, emergency cases as such. But of course, that's not going to stop these associations shouting and screaming from the rooftops. Now, what's interesting to me is how many of these association members are landlords themselves who have been impacted by substantial numbers of months worth of arrears from bad tenants. Now, I'm not saying that we don't look after the good tenants who have fallen on hard times because of COVID, but the reality is the majority of landlords are good quality landlords. They will be taking all of those uh, situations into consideration and they will be acting accordingly. It's the rogue tenants that are taking advantage of the system now and it's really going to leave landlords in quite substantial problems moving forward if we don't get this resolved as quickly as possible. Now, no surprises in our next story, which is that 80% of landlords who have recently been polled with regards to the no DSS rules, and the no DSS rules, just to recap, this is where landlords are not allowed to discriminate with a tenant who is in receipt of benefits. So if they're in receipt of benefits, you can't just simply say no because of that reason. Now. What's very interesting is, as we've reported before and as I've commented before in other videos, the no-DSS, the no benefits tenants carpet rule is not something that I condone or support at all. I think every case should be taken on a case-by-case basis. My days in agency, we saw numerous tenants who were in receipt of benefits because of life situations that they found themselves in, they were not bad tenants, they were certainly not antisocial, they were not the stereotypical benefits tenants that you see on um, TV programs depicting them as such, they were genuine people who had fallen on times that required benefits assistance. Now. What landlords need to do is take each case on an individual basis. What my worry is here with, again, we mentioned shelter again, um, but other associations who are sort of trying to support tenants, the risk that we have if we carpet blanket rule this as a you cannot say no to the benefits tenants, is that it's going to land landlords in potentially difficult sticky situations where there are tenants who maybe don't reference as well or there are rumors, talks around their antisocial behavior, why they've moved from properties before. They're not going to be able to not allow them to take the property through the risk of discrimination or other accusations. Now I think that is totally wrong, and so I think we've got to be very careful when these rules are applied because of course one rule doesn't fit all, and we need to be very careful that we don't try and put a black and white um, ruling around this because nothing is ever black and white when it comes to people and renting property. So Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London, has decided that he is pushing the idea of rent control in London. Now there's a lot of talk at the moment with regards to the government seizing assets, the eviction ban, not allowing tenants to be evicted, all of these different things. And this is just further demonstration that the government, the Mayor of London, is trying to control something that I don't necessarily feel is the right thing for him to control. The reason for the control is to bring London to become more affordable for the local residents. A lot of local residents of course are talking, we commented on this last week when we talked about the Facebook Live that had to be brought down because they were talking about a borough of London and the high rents that it was achieving and why that was great for investment. The risk of putting rent controls in is that we're going to lose that investment in the capital now of course that's great news for anywhere outside of the uk but not ever outside of london sorry but not everyone is interested in investing outside of london so you are naturally going to lose investment in the uk that's going to have a negative impact at long term and actually what we should really be looking for for local councils to be taking it upon themselves to be able to provide more affordable housing for the residents that they are trying to protect, not punishing the private rented sector for buying properties on the basis of those yields in order to cater for those that are shouting the loudest. So let's see how that pans out. Uh, Not one that I'm particularly keen on, but we'll see where it goes. So more rule changes around the Section 21 no-fault evictions. Now what this is, is the government are trying to get rid of Section 21 notices whereby you can serve notice for a tenant that doesn't actually, um, hasn't done anything wrong. So it might be no arrears or anti-social behavior, which effectively allows the tenants to stay in the properties for as long as they are good tenants. Now of course, again, this is potentially going to create challenges. Now this particular article talks about how rents are going to go up, and it's also gonna push landlords out of the private rented sector selling up, which also means that stock is going to go down. If stock goes down, demand goes up, then prices go up, and of course, What that means is that properties become more unaffordable for the very tenants that these Section 21s are meant to protect. Now what's also interesting about trying to ban notices is the changes around the other notices that form around things like your Section 8 notice that is effectively notice for breach of tenancy agreement but those conditions under which you can serve a Section 8 notice would need to be revisited, they would need to be re-amended, because of course, currently the law isn't set up to provide a notice period under the Section 8 con- uh, notice on the basis that Section 21 covers the other topic. So it's going to have a much wider um, impact taking the Section 21 away trying to then incorporate all the other section notices to be able to take what the Section 21 gave them. It is just a potential mess for moving forwards. Another example of the government doing something that looks good on the surface, but then when you really look underneath and the impact that that has wider spread both for the ones it's trying to protect and of course the landlords themselves they just haven't thought it through they haven't got a plan in place which of course is only going to lead to problems it's going to lead to more pressure on the courts and of course that is not good especially currently where the courts are over subscribed anyway with the eviction ban having just been lifted too Now, for our regular subscribers, you will know that we do a bit of fun, a bit of a, um, and we've got a bit of a theme at the moment, which is home improvements. Now, what I wanted to do with this article was not actually for you to think of it from the point of view of your own home, and not think of it as the things that you want to do, but more of an exercise to understand the types of things that are going to allow you to think, when you go into view a property, what you can, think about in terms of adding value to those properties. Now the days of being able to just go into a property, whack a new carpet down, redecorate it, and expect it to gain another 50 grand's worth of value have sadly gone. There might be the odd unicorn out there that you might be able to do that because you purchase it well but actually the reality is that that is going to be very difficult. Surveyors like to see substantial value adds in order for them to be able to give you that valuation that you so desire. So what you need to do is focus on the bigger things included in this article in the list that are here. Things like central heating systems, things like conversions, extensions, all of these things that add value to that property whilst also getting that value when you purchase. You're going to give yourself a much better chance of that revaluation that you need whether you're flipping it for profit or of course if you're refinancing it to keep it. And that's us another edition of Goliath Property Matters. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Remember, we have got our Deal Packaging Masterclass, which is on Tuesday, the 29th of September at 8 p.m. If you're interested in the deal packaging strategy, we are going to be delivering a free training on exactly how to start your business, how to generate leads, find investors, work with investors, and everything in between. So if that sounds like it is of interest to you, then you need to make sure that you sign up using the link somewhere around this video depending on where you are watching it and we will look forward to seeing you on that webinar if you can make it. We've got some Brucey bonuses for you if you attend live on the night as well. It is a live masterclass and uh, we will be delivering the training and we will give you an attendee only bonus if you make it on the night. We're really looking forward to that. For those of you that uh, are not interested in that and maybe just want to subscribe to the newsletter, well remember you can hit subscribe uh, and you can hit the alerts notification, the bell on YouTube to be notified of new videos from us. You can also subscribe using the sign-up link, depending on where you are watching this. And, of course, you can like us, come and join the Facebook group, however it is you want to see us or more of us. So that's it from me, Mark from Glass Saucing Academy. Thank you very much, as always. Take care and happy sourcing.